the Barwon Heads Football and Netball Club and the Beach House at Barwon Heads are very proud to bring you episode 19 of The Tree on the Wing. Does she love you better than I can? And there's a big black sky over my tongue I know where you're at, my bitch, she's wrong Back in the early 1990s, the fortunes of the football club took a dramatic jump for the better, and at about that time, netball teams also began to blossom. Unfortunately, after a triumphant 1993, the footy teams began to struggle again. However, the netball club emerged as a superpower and embarked on an unprecedented period of domination of the local competition. Our guest this episode was an important member of a series of premierships and a part of a core group of women who led the fortunes of the club for most of the 1990s. After coming to the club from a pub team at Torquay and being a part of the 1993 B-grade premiership team, Kath Kelly established herself as a goal scorer in the A-grade and the premierships began to flow. Kath leads us through some of the names and legends of that period, the fun they had teasing their opposition on the court and the fun that they had celebrating their wins off it. It's obvious that her intense passion for the game and the club still remain and her memories of those golden days are very fond ones. She even leads us through a personal feud that lasted 18 years, was ended with a truce offered in the traditional Aussie manner and led to an enduring romance. We hope you will enjoy our chat with Kath Kelly. Okay, we are recording. G'day everybody and welcome to the Tree on the Wing. I'm Teddy Donnell and I am at home. Unfortunately, we've been thrown back into lockdown by the dreaded COVID virus. And unfortunately, Barton Heads has been the centre of attention, which is no good. And uh, through a bit of shenanigans in the primary school, uh, although... The people at the primary school did find out some pretty good news this week. Our mate Dan Vell has been doing a fantastic job. Uh, there was a few families had to be quarantined, but uh, I think they're now out of quarantine because the tiering on the school was changed. But we wish all our primary school people all the best. I'm joined via Zoom by my co-host Russell Nipper Highland. G'day, Nip. How are you going? Hey, I'm fantastic, Teddy. And speaking of coronavirus... I'm yes. on the corona at the moment, yes. and uh, <laughs> and when we run out of those, oh, you got the one day, the charades, the whole one day charades. I thought you were so a mono man. I might. Uh, oh, look, I'm not fussy. You know that. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a pretty funny place at the moment, Bowen Heads. Um, I um, saw some photos posted on Facebook during the week of hardly a car parked in the main street and. Um, no traffic in the main street, no people, shops are closed. And um, I rang up Moose Walder and said, let's go for a kick of footy out the front of the fire station. And um, like we used to do when we were teenagers. And he said, you idiot, there's no fire station anymore. 
Yeah, well, I know. I forgot about that. They moved. There is, but they moved it. Um, and there was a lot of cars out the front of that because that's where the testing station was next door in the pirate park. But um, they, uh, yeah, they've had a bit of a scare down there with the primary school. Pretty much all the families at the primary school have been in um, quarantine for, uh, well, well, just on a week now, close to a week anyway. But um, they're coming out of it, which is good. And, um, we can move on, so it's uh, fantastic. But we won't keep our guests waiting any longer. Yes, we've got, actually, we didn't do netball for a while, and guess what, Nipper? We've it's got two in a row. Raining netball. Raining netballers. Raining netball. And we've got a good one, too. This one's a gun, absolute gun netballer. I don't know how many premierships she's won, but she's definitely probably won more than four or five of us put together. Yes. And she's a life member of the club through her um, involvement on and off the field. And um, and it's fantastic that we've got her here because she was talking the talk at the last past players day saying that you need me on the podcast. So um, we're held her to that. And, Teddy, we have got Kath Kelly with us by <laughs> Zoom. Hey, Kath, how are you? How you going, guys? Welcome aboard, Kath. I can't recall asking to be on this um, at the past players. I must have been pissed. Yeah, well, oh, well, one of us might have been. I think there yeah, was a few pissed at the past players, Kath. Yeah, it was dark. I don't even know what Zoom is, so I don't think I was asking to come on this show, but that's um, anyway. Here we are. Now, where are you, Kath? Just quickly. I'm I'm on the couch. I look like I'm in hospital, but I'm no. on a um on my menopausal rug, so I don't sweat on my couch because um we're not in lockdown in Kingscliff, and it's a beautiful sunny day. But yeah, I was down there in Barwon Heads um two weeks ago. Yeah, actually, that's quite ironic because I think my wife was in Kingscliff two weeks ago. She went up the Gold Coast for a flying visit. She said they went down to Kingscliff. So oh. there you go. There wow, you go. small world we live in. It is, yes. We might get to that. Now, Kath, you've been given some homework. Now, for those who don't know what Two Truths and a Lie is, I've just, I've, Nipper, I found a little explanation of what Two Truths and a Lie is. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. play it. You guys will be able to hear this. This is fantastic. This is a fantastic explanation of Two Truths and a Lie. A game where somebody would tell a lie about themselves and then a truth and then another lie and everybody would have to guess which one was the lie. No, Johnny, they had to guess which one was the truth. Uh, which one was the lie? It's just, it's just one lie. What did I say? You said two lies. Well, it is two lies. No, no the game is two truths and a lie. It's true. So you've heard of it. Yeah. Why don't I start? Um, I'm miserable, drunk, and hate this game. So here's a hint. Sadly, I'm not drunk. Okay. Wrong attitude. <laughs> For anyone who's a fan of Shit's Creek, that's the family talking about two truths and a lie. When I think they were in lockdown too, couldn't leave the uh, couldn't leave the motel room. So, Kath, what are your two truths and a lie? Okay, so I'll just I'll give you three. I won seven premierships in a row consecutively. I scored forty eight goals in one of them, and the third is I had to be gay to join the netball team. What was that one again? I had to be gay to join the netball team. Right. <laughs> it was a very exclusive club. Well, that's thought-provoking. 
I don't even know. I'm pretty stumped on here. I'm, I'm almost calling Dizzy Holland on this one. <laughs> where he where he couldn't tell us a lie. He told us three truths. Oh. We said we told us a lie. He said, oh, I forgot. Mm. <laughs> All right. We're going to have to have a look at that. I'm going to have to have a ponder on that. There are three of the more interesting stories that we've been told anyway. Yeah. Yes, we're going to have to elaborate on You're going to have at to least one of those. Yeah, so we'll work out which we'll have a crack at which one of those is the uh, lie when we get to the end. Roger. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. That's gold. All right. So I thought I stumped you or I got disconnected. I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no. that's right. We've both we've stumped, actually. All right. We always have our very first question is always. How did you end up at the Bowenheads Football and Netball Club, Kath? So walk us uh, through that. Well, I always I lived in Torquay, and then um, but I somehow I don't know how I got to play with Bowenheads. I think I filled in at Leopold, and someone was playing at Bowenheads, and I filled in. So even though I, I lived in Torquay and worked in Torquay as a copper, I always played for Bowenheads. So that's how I racked up twenty years or whatever it was. So. Yeah, when I got divorced, I just moved to Barwon Heads and um, that's how I ended up playing with them and coaching and sort of things, yeah. So it was always the place to go to. I was always going to end up there. What, what year was that roughly, Cass? Oh, it would have been my son's 24 and it would have been um, he was born in 98, so it would have been oh, I was before him. <laughs> what year did that? What te- what year did they win their grand final? Cal and Dean, they don't shut up about it. Is that ninety three? <laughs> yeah, ninety three. Yeah, um, would have been ninety six, ninety something like that. Right, yeah, ninety six. Because in ninety three, when they won the grand final, I, I won the B grade grand final with Tracy Roderick. We won the B grade and they shoved us off the stage when they were singing We Are the Champions and they told us to get off the stage. Yeah, it was- I, re- I remember that. Yeah, I and remember that's the B grade. Cal and I, yeah, we, had, we used to fight. We hated each other for 18 years before we got married. <laughs> so um, um, we didn't talk much. So, yeah, then he, um, and I remember it being about that, that stupid grand yeah. final. <laughs> that, was, that was back at the pub after the grand final, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Yes. We won the B grade and I wasn't in A grade at that stage, but I think I was the year after. Ah, there you go. I remember being on that stage, but I do not remember the girls getting kicked off it. I might have made I that bit up. I might have made that up, to be honest. Yeah, but, um, but we definitely weren't. <laughs> So, we weren't invited up that for sure. It wasn't about that night. <laughs> Bit of a blur to me that night too, unfortunately. I was, I was, unfortunately, the thing that happens when you win the seconds is that you've got the whole senior game to celebrate winning the seconds. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, and I didn't. I I drove, and I I drove home. I drove all the idiots home. We stopped in at the Drysdale and got heaps and heaps of grog. 
and we drove home, blokes hanging out the window of the car as we went through Ocean Grove. They, re- they wanted to go down the main street and then we got back to the pub and I had a fair bit of catching up to do and I, I was a bit of a downhill skier. I got going and it was like being on the, uh, on the ski jump. Once you get to the bottom... There's no, <laughs> I just went Eddie, too far. Eddie the Eagle. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I ended up, yeah. I ended up in a car on my way home at about eleven o'clock. Wow, short and sharp, Teddy. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I didn't muck around that <laughs> night. <laughs> Bit of crash no. landing too. Yes. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a fantastic night that because I mean, as as much as um, you may have been asked to leave the stage, there was a lot of celebrations with a B grade premiership. A senior premiership and a reserves premiership. So um, there was people from all parts of the club celebrating and um, and enjoying themselves. I do fondly remember that night. I I got a ride home from Drysdale with Joyce Lockyer. Uh, don't know how that came about, but uh, I needed a ride home, and Joyce had a couple of spare seats in the car. So me and I can't remember who else, but I do remember we stopped at the bowling club on the way home. With the Premiership Cup, because Chooker wanted to see it. Ah. And Chooker was working at the Bowling Club, yeah, at Dosh and Grove. So we dropped it, dropped it in there. Yeah. Had a quick pop, showed him the cup. Oh. And, uh, very happy, yeah. That's why I was praying um, the Barman Heads team would win that grand final, just to, to stop them talking about that 93 grand final, because when Cal gets together with Dean Roderick, Tracy and I just seriously roll, roll our eyes. <laughs> it's all like if I mention if I hear that one more time <laughs> about how how good they were and oh my god we've had a big joke about that grand final for years. It's all past now because there's another one of course and uh, that's all we talk about. Oh, Great. thank God for that. 2019. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But, um, so who were the who were the girls that you were playing with in the early days down there, Kath? Well, the main players were was obviously Jeanette Davis and Fran Forsyth. They were the guns, and Mel Martinelli and Sarah Clark, the Clarkster. They were the dream team, and then you know people would come and go. Anne McEwen, Robbie Pelham, just a few ring-ins from around. They would you know they got the contacts with state league, so they would bring some guns down. Rebecca Fullman, you know, and everyone would want to play, but there wasn't much room because they were quite choosy in the end. Wow, there's some big names there. We've had Robin on the show and we have spoken about Sarah Clark because without Sarah Clark coming to the club, Damien Clark wouldn't have come to the club and we wouldn't have such a good junior coordinator. So we owe Sarah a lot for that. And Fran Forsyth is the one that pretty much this might start to come back for you now. She's the one that dobbed you in to get on this. Did she, old Virgil? Wow. Yes. Yep, she was in my year at the past play saying, if you're going to talk to anyone, you've got to talk to Kath. <laughs> and uh, she was adamant about that, but I did not... threaten to get her, get her on as well. Oh, she yeah. is. Oh, she is a gem, I tell you. She was unbelievable. Yeah. She was. Yeah. Um... So you girls would have got up to a fair bit of no good after, <laughs> after the game, no doubt, because. Um, that's the type of people that I know that you are. What, <laughs> what sort of hijinks did you girls do or did you look forward to? Oh. Well, we used to tell the opposition team that we trained naked because um, there was some gay chicks team. So 
um, when they'd hassle us, you know, they go, oh, you're all gay. I say, yeah, we always train naked. And I just tell them that we did it, you know, regardless because they, they get that pissed off. It was cutthroat out there and it's, it was, it's a contact sport. And um, in, in A grade, it was pretty brutal and they'd say anything to try and put you off your game. So we couldn't give a shit. <laughs> we just would laugh at them and, and just um, yeah, say, so, yeah, we, we always train naked. We all sleep together and we like to keep it in the, you know, in-house. And it was a load of shit, of course. I'm joking. But um, but we just laugh. Yeah, we, we all got along really, really well. And, and you know, some of them were gay. They had girlfriends. And, and I always used to make the big statement and say, all right, just to clarify, when you do split up, I have to let you know my loyalties are going to be with her because I've known her for longer. So don't ask me to draw sides. So you've got to you've got to tell them who your favourite was straight away. <laughs> when we were talking to Robin last week, Robin asked me if we speak to Kat, which we are now. She had a question she wanted to me to ask you, and that was, how did you and Paul actually? Mate, how did you actually hook up? You've already mentioned that you didn't like each other for quite some time. Yeah. But how did, how did it all come about? The actual honest truth is that he was living with um, a guy called Butcher in, in Hitchcock Street, Hitchcock Parade. Hitchcock um, Avenue. Hitchcock Avenue, That's I should know that. Um, You're a copper. You yeah, should I know. know, what the name yeah, I know. He was um, sharing a unit with with him and I couldn't stand him and he used to say to me, oh, you don't remember who I am. And I'd go, yeah, I do know who you are and nobody gives a shit who you are. Um, <laughs> and we um, we had this banter going because he told me to get out of the change rooms one time and I was trying to get my ankle strapped and he said it's for um, footy only and I said, last I checked it says football and netball, cockhead, you know, anyone can come in here and, like, because he, he was the captain. And I said, I can get my ankles strapped by, I can't remember his name, but the old guy used to strap our ankles, but it was after one o'clock or something. Anyway, fight, fight, fight. And I'd see him at weddings and he'd go, oh, you don't know who I am. I'd go, oh, my God, nobody cares who you are, blah, blah. And then he was living with Butcher. We went to see um, it was somebody at the pub and he bought me a Cascade Premium and he said, truce. Ooh. And I went, rightio, rightio. Cascade Premium. Maybe you're not a, such a cockhead after all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we started sort of there. That was the start of it. Oh, how romantic. So you uh, you got all the animosity towards each other out of the way early. And well, then... we had 18 years of it, so there was a fair bit there. I'm tipping Kat's not the longest person Kel's been having a banter <laughs> like that with, though. Oh, there's a, there's a long list, don't you worry. Well, have you ever seen him and Brian? Oh my together? god! <laughs> Jesus they're Christ! Like, they're like a uh, they're like an in- English comedy duo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just ridiculous. Actually, Brian and everyone's like that. <laughs> yeah, but I think um people mistake because yeah. he's not like a loudmouth like most of us. People mistake it for. Arrogance, which I did, but he's actually a little bit shy. You know, not not probably not football yeah. fields terms, but away from the footy is, you know, people mistake that for arrogance. And I've been at a wedding with him, and someone's just come up and just thrown him to the ground because they couldn't stand the way he looked at them or something. Do you remember one of the nicknames that he got on the footy field? I don't know whether you're aware of this, but when he first came to Bowen Heads, and he was he was regarded as. Um, 
a pretty boy, you know, well-groomed, well-dressed, well-manicured, played a good game of football. So the opposition started referring to him as Nancy, as in, you know, a Nancy boy. Yeah. He did get a bit of Nancy boy. That's appropriate. Yeah. So we all caught on to that. So we started calling him Nancy as well. So the opposition sort of realised that, oh, it's not so funny when we call him Nancy when all his teammates are calling Nancy there as well. So for a little while, um, a few people referred to that. I I can't imagine him liking that. I don't think he did, but he wouldn't admit to it because when you don't (laughs) like a nickname and you admit to it, you get stuck with it. (laughs) Nancy Pants, I'll have to call him that when I talk to him next. Don't tell him we said it, though. (laughs) All right, so enough about him. Let's talk about you. Here we go. How many years? How many actual years did you play at at Barwon Heads? And actually, before we get to that, what was your netball pedigree? Well, being like um, you know, one of being the povo six kids with no money in in Geelong, um, my parents didn't even know I could play netball. But I know I was offered a, a scholarship at Geelong College, and um, my you know mum just went, no, she doesn't need that. The other kids go to bloody Belmont High, and that wouldn't be fair. And I said. Jesus, Mum, I could have been married to a bloody plastic surgeon by now and had fake lips and fake necks and fake everything. Fuck you. Uh, you know, <laughs> I loved it, but um, I, I wouldn't say I was um, – I would never have made um, State League or anything like the Jeanette and all them were in. They they travelled to Melbourne and that. So I, I'm pretty much – I always said I was the weakest link in that team, but I surrounded myself with amazing players. So, yeah. That's all right. So – but where did you where did you start playing? When did I start? Sorry, say that again. Yeah, whereabouts? Whereabouts were you playing when you started? Uh, when I was a kid, oh, Cadinia Park. Yeah, Cadinia Park. Yeah. That's and then um, I think I just went to yeah, just played right up until you know I was a teenager. And then when I went to as you know a teenager, we put in just a, a dream team from all the drunken girls at Torquay called the Sea Cows. <laughs> 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 and I was right. working at, I think I was working at Speaky Surf Shop then, so they sponsored us and we got these hot pink T shirts and we're all you know, we didn't take it seriously. I think I used to smoke Kent cigarettes back then, but didn't do the drawback sort of thing. You know. <laughs> and, and um yeah, and then I, I was obviously had a spell. I can't remember, I didn't play for years and just got back into it. I think when I I can't remember when I got how how long I had a break from, but yeah, anyway, I played for Leopold and, and got pretty serious then and then went from Leopold straight to Bowen Head. So There you go. It's uh, quite interesting, that little story you told, Cats, because there's a couple of consistencies come up. Did you go to Belmont High? Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Mm. Yep. So you're, you're, oh, that's three in you're a row, our third bro. guest in a row that's gone to Belmont High. So Robin, Robin Pallum went to Belmont High. Yeah. Um, obviously before you. And Cornsy, Wayne Corns went to Belmont High. Oh. And only for a couple of months. Only for a couple of months um, and a long time before you too. Because you probably went there when it first opened up. <laughs> well, I had I had three older sisters. They went to Sacred Heart, but by the time we came along, we were too povoed. We, so we had to go to the povo school, which was um, Belmont High. But, oh. well, there's yeah. some very famous people come out of Belmont High. I can guarantee I'm that. Actually, yeah. Yes. It's pretty funny because I'm actually on their um, – Facebook page and um, 
I seem to remember a lot about school and a lot about, you know, teenagers, you know, my life as a teen. I seem to remember dates and names and nicknames and they're going, how do you remember all these people? I go, I don't know, but I just remember, yeah, it's quite, it was really funny. Imagine if you had have gone to college and you had have married a, a plastic yeah. surgeon you would have ended up at Newtown 20 years earlier and you would have hated Paul Kelly for 20 yeah. years before you married him. Yeah. There was one year, though, there was one year where we won the A-grade um, premiership and I was coaching C and D-grade and we all won that. We won it the three in the row, C-grade and D-grade in the one year. So you won, what, A, C and D? Yeah. That's pretty impressive. That's yeah. pretty rare. Thing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And you were coaching both those C and D grade, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I was, I was pretty brutal though. Like if, um, yeah, I was pretty, I wasn't, I was, you know, just if they didn't come to training night, they didn't get a game and I was pretty black and white. Like there was a, there was a gun player, there was a, a chick called Katrina who was just the biggest piss head, but she was the best player in D grade. Katrina, what was her name? She was a bit loose and she was that pissed the night before and she didn't come to the grand final, she was late, like by five minutes. So I benched her, and um, yeah. and she just assumed, yeah, I was pretty, pretty straight with coaching. She She's like, a way you never coached me. <laughs> I wouldn't have got on the ground. <laughs> it was Belinda Alliston, and then uh, Tash was in C grade, and all those crew. Yeah, it was, it was oh, fun. Yeah. Time. yeah. What what year is that, Kath? Do you remember? No, I don't. I honestly don't. It'd have to be between um, <laughs> have to be between ninety five and two thousand. Couldn't even be wrong. I could even be making that up. Maybe we didn't win both of them. I remember coaching them both, but I'm I know I'm pretty sure we did though. I can't remember. I have to ask Kath Fraser. You know, Catherine Fraser, do you remember her? She was in C grade. She lives up here and I ran into her a couple of months ago. <laughs> She's oh, yeah. walked into Yeah, so um she would know. And you played until when, Kath? Last one was, God, I should have that, shouldn't I? I should know that. I don't. 2000 and... I honestly don't remember. That's all right. Was... That's all right. We won't hold just on that. The, the one, we won the seventh one in a row and I... There you go, Nip. Yeah, can't remember. They always give us up one. Yeah. What, where did you... what? What position did you play? Did you were you a, a dashing wing defence? You're a goalie. No, goalie, a little bit short, yeah. So I started sort of with Anne McKillen. Yeah, goal uh, attack. Goal attack, yeah. And then when I got a little bit slower, I went into goal shooter. And yeah, Jeanette Davis would have been the best ball feeder I've ever worked with in my life. She she would um. If I wasn't watching the ball, she'd pelt the ball in the back of my head and she'd say, never turn your back on the ball. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> it was brutal. Oh, she, she, had a, she had a throw. She could throw it from one end to the other with pinpoint accuracy and she'd do these spin passes into you that would go around the defender and land in your hands under the post. The curveball. Yeah. She's frigging amazing. Oh. Yeah. She'd fly. She'd fly in the air. She was um, – I still – Every time we get together, we still talk shit about it, I suppose, like you guys do. Yeah. Yeah. No, we talk absolute truth at all times, don't we, Russ? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. The best player you played with? Jeanette. 
Yeah, Jeanette yeah, Davis. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But just that combination went with yeah. her with Fran and um, Mel and, you know, Sarah Clark. That's what we wanted. Yeah, there's other people coming and going as well. But um, who were your bigger com- biggest competitors in oh, that? Oh, it's time? always Drysdale. Who, who were the always yeah. Drysdale? Yeah, and they were pretty brutal. Like um, that that was, you know, I mean, yeah, they couldn't beat us, and, and we ended up beating them by lots in the end. Drysdale and Amateurs, I suppose, and those were always pretty tough. Yeah, they still are. They still are. There's always yeah. a lot of them. yeah. They're all good clubs. Yeah, it's all pretty even competition in netball. What are you doing with yourself now, Cass? Up there? Oh, I um, I've got my own coffee cart, and um, you know, in Chindra where they were talking about um positive um COVID cases, there was one not too far from us down in Moolumbah. But I've got a coffee cart on the river in Chindra, and I also work at the um. It's just changed. It was World Gym. I'm the group fitness manager at the Fitness Cartel Gym where I run all the classes there. So I'm still teaching Les Mills classes and I play competition tennis three times a week as well. As well, So oh, that's, um, that's a lovely pastime after you've given up netball, take up tennis. And yeah, have you always good. played tennis? Have you always mean- played tennis? Oh, no, I took it back up again. I played like a little bit down there with Tracy Roderick. We had a team down there. And up here, we just actually won the club championship on Sunday in the A-grade ladies. So me and my mate oh. went in it and, yeah, won the club championship. So, yeah. No, another premiership for the trophy cabinet. Yeah, I know. I posted on Facebook and everyone just like goes off, piss off. But um, when you get to my age, because I'm 57 this year, you know, you got to put everything up there because you've got nothing else. Because <laughs> uh, you don't know if there's going to be a next one, do you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, When's your birthday, Kath? November. My, I'm 57 in October, so. Ah, 64, boy. I'm 64, yeah. yes. Hey, I guess that's You look a lot older than Kath. I do. I agree. But I, but I work at this gym with all these. She married a plastic surgeon, though. Oh, no, she didn't. Sorry. <laughs> her mother, she blames her mother for not marrying one, though. I actually do. Oh, yeah, I get really annoyed. <laughs> we've, yeah. we've picked up on that. You haven't got over that, have you? <laughs> yeah, married Cal instead. Uh, <laughs> and we've talked about him enough. Yeah. If he wants to get on the show, he should. He should have. He could have tuned in. Uh, he will get his, oppor- he will get his opportunity when we do when we uh, do the road trip to Mount Isa. Well, I was just going to say you're pretty. You're actually pretty keen on a road trip, aren't you? Yeah. That's why we get along so well because he lives up there. So it's um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long ago did you move up there, Kat? Um, I've been up here for thirteen years. What got you to go up there? What? what oh, was he was going to um move up to work in a uh, like a property development business with his brother-in-law. His brother-in-law needed a like a manager. But, of course, we got up here and it went bankrupt. So I said to Kel, back to cars. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we... It's funny. I know I know quite a few blokes who sell cars. They're all really good at it and they hate it. They, do, they want to do something else. They all want to do something else. But they're fantastic at it and they all make money at it. Yeah. Apparently he's very good at it. <laughs> you could sell ice to Eskimos. He's... Yeah. Well, he's won us um, a trip to, we've been to Hawaii, all three. Hawaii, we've been to Tahiti, we've been to 
the Greek islands. That's, um, that's not far. That's not that far from Mount Isa, though, all those places, is it? <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, pretty, not, pretty much walk to the Greek islands from Mount Isa. It's that far from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... No, you can't sell cars. It sold me a car once. No, it wasn't my first car. It was more of a second car, but I might very well have still been a teenager when he sold me a beautiful 1979 Red Commodore. Oh, that, is that that SL? Yeah. Was it an SLE? Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. Was top, top of the range Red Commodore. Yes, it was. Nice, nice car, that, that one. Yeah. Well, when I saw you, you got it. In, um... Mount Isa, people just assume he works in the mines. But um, I said, oh, no, no, he's got, he's got a car well, yard in Mount Isa. He's got that sort of look about him that he looks like he'd work in the mines, doesn't he, you know? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best groomed miner ever. Yes. I told you, I, I asked you to put the, a bell on my push bike one time and he put it on back to front. He didn't even know there were two types of screwdrivers. Well, we're talking about him again and we don't want to. Oh, yeah. sorry. Leads, leads <laughs> he knows it all. He's heard it all before. He won't. <laughs> we'll probably have to talk about him again because we did bring it up. We did speak about it earlier about the uh, about the fire station and kicking the footy in front of the fire station. Mm-hmm. And the fire station got converted into a restaurant, which it still is. And you guys had a bit to do with that, didn't you? Beach Nick. Be- Beach Nick. Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. Well, we owned that for four years until. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes. Till Brian bought it off us and turned it into a magnificent beach house. Yep. Yeah. That, yes. That was probably the start of the love of coffee that I had. Why? Yeah. So that was how it all started. We bought that when Cal was made redundant, sort of on a bit of a yep. whim, and I was still in the coppers. So I had to leave the coppers because I, um, the beachnik had a liquor license and they wouldn't let me work there without the um, outside employment agreement, and they cancelled it all and um, wouldn't give me another one. So I had to resign from the coppers. Which was, oh, wow. yeah, that's oh, why. Really? Yeah, I was spewing. How does that work? Well, you have to have, um, yeah, you got to have um, permission to work outside. If you're in the police force, you have to have permission for outside employment. And they cancelled everybody's because there were like um, oh, conflict of interest things going around with security officers and they were getting in trouble. At, you know, ex-coppers working as security was getting in trouble. Uh-oh. So they cancelled everybody's outside employment arrangements and then we had to reapply and then because that might beach and had a liquor license they wouldn't give me another um employment yeah. arrangement so they i had to quit the coppers which was i was spewing because i loved it anyway how long, how long were you in the police force for 20 years 20 wow That's mm. long time. Mm. yeah and how long did you spend at torquay I was actually based at Anglesey, so I didn't actually work in Torquay, oh, okay. but I lived in Torquay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Anglesey would cover like Torquay of a night time sort of thing, so. Yeah. Other than the players around the netball club, Kath, yeah. who, who were the people that, that sort of ran it back then when you were playing? Was it run by the girls that played it mostly? Or no, no. There other Margaret Harvey ran it. She was the president, and um, yes, with um, yeah, the, the late. Really sad about Sizey, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah Marg Harvey was our president. She was um, she was a ripper back then. She was pretty feisty and pretty got the job done. And um, just remember having some piss ups around at their place. She was always good fun and very vocal. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you always knew where you stood with Mark. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think I think a few of the um, few of the footy presidents found that out the hard way. Yes. Yeah. There's always been that love hate, a bit of friction, which is I I think is probably good in a footy club because it keeps everyone on their toes. Um, there's always been that bit of friction between netball and footy more not so much at the playing level but at the admin level where there's always the netballers are busting their pooper to make money and the footy club always sees the, the better they go they they just see it oh we can get can we get our hands on that or how do we how do we control that or whatever yeah that was why we have that big joke with cal and i because it was always us versus them and when we did win seven in a row, you know, you still didn't get, you know, it, it wasn't much accolade back then. Not that we needed it because, you know, but it was a bit of a milestone. But, but you know, if that was the footballers, for God's sake, that would have been <laughs> crazy. But I think Ooh. we used to ask for our photos on the wall and I think they're on there for a little while, but they've been taken off. But we never really got much um, recognition for it. No, it's funny like that because you can go on, uh, you, you can go on to different websites and find out who won premierships in whatever year and who were the best players and who were the best players in football. But there's there's none of those sort of records in netball, you know. Yeah, a couple of years, but well, there's not not. Any- I was looking at the AFL Barwon website, Nipper, yeah. and it it basically it's some of them stop it. 2011. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They go back to then and then they don't go back any further than that. Yeah. And um, you can find out who won everything in footy right yeah. back through all the leagues. And Ballerine's the oldest of the netball leagues in Geelong. Yeah. Uh, to do with with football as far as its, the, its connection to football. And, yeah, it doesn't go back to 1971, which is... It really should. Yeah. Uh, exactly. There's not a lot of recognition there for um, people that do just as much hard work, if not more, than the football um, sort of things. No, but um, it was a great time to be part of the club. It was, um, you know, awesome. It just and that was our life. You know, weekends was just netball, netball training, netball trips. We've had plenty of netball trips. You know, over to Portsea, Sorrento. Oh God, it was like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely rotten. Fran Forsyth on those netball trips, absolutely hysterical. She'd get us thrown out of every club because she was so drunk. That's why we call her Virgil. She couldn't walk. I <laughs> <laughs> always wondered where that came from, and I just was maybe, for once in my life, too polite to ask. <laughs> So she walked like yeah, a thunderbird. She was like a thunderbird with, with strings attached. We'd all have to hold her up. She was like a – she was just like Virgil <laughs> off the Thunderbirds. Like, oh, we used to – she was in – she was hysterical. <laughs> but but by day she's the, um, you know, she's the very um, presentable school teacher. Um, and by night she was just this virtual bloody drunken mess. <laughs> On the dance floor, um, you know, she looked like bloody cross between Virgil and Mick Jagger and Dancy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Nipper, uh, we we actually mentioned and commented last week with Robin that the uh, the netballers certainly do know how to celebrate, don't they? 
Oh, when they win something, and even when they don't win something. <laughs> yeah. I remember from my days playing, there was the best parties the footy club had was when the netball was organised. You know, the cocktail <laughs> ones and the there – was, there was always good ideas. The footy players never came up with good ideas for parties. It was all – all the girls came up with the good ideas. You know, the um, the pee parties that we had, the cocktail parties, the um, – yeah, the theme parties where you dress as a school school person or a um, yeah, was some, yeah, some very bad memories coming back. That all. I, I, I reckon even high society came out of the netball club. Yeah, that was yeah. high society night. Yeah, yeah. So we 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 started doing high society night in about nineteen ninety one, and it was certainly wasn't anyone at the footy club who came up with the idea. Right. No. No. It was uh, it was somebody in the netball club who went to the governors and said, because we originally, the high society night started up at the golf club and then Did. went back to the footy club. Mm. After we, uh, yeah, after we'd had enough golf club, we went to the footy club. Um, well, the first high society night I went to was all ink at the golf club. Yeah. And buy your drinks at the footy club. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, when you're at the golf club and it's all ink, you just people were just going hammering tongs. <laughs> did, it matter, did it matter if it was all inclusive or not? Well, it used to go hammering tong anyway. Yeah. When, back in those days, the pub used to close at one o'clock. Not like bloody three o'clock like it is nowadays. These young blokes they have right. two hours. I don't know. Mm. I'll be struggling to get through to one o'clock nowadays. Tell me about this. I just do remember one party where there was a lot of netballers at. I can't remember the year, but and I'll, oh, it'll come to me. We're talking about it the other day, and um, there was a lot of people there, and we ended up back there late at night. They had portable toilets, you know, that you you roll in. The, tra- the, you know, the old portable toilets they used to put on the back of a car on a trailer sort yeah. of thing. And they yeah. had those things. Somebody handcuffed me to one of the toilets <laughs> and I spent the whole night there handcuffed to a toilet. And when, oh people God. Come, when people had come to use the toilet, they'd give me a beer. It was a bottle of beer, a long neck, and I'd be happy. But I just could not get this handcuff off. And oh, my God. Use the toilets. And then... So being being Matty Walters and Tim Donnell and I think Gaz yeah Gaz, yeah, Gaz Lockwood was with us, and um, but him and Anne weren't together then, and um, they left me. They just left me there because we couldn't get the key to handcuff, and I I fell asleep, and I think I got let off let off the chain so to speak about two o'clock in the morning and oh, that's came inside terrible. And, came inside and went to sleep, and then the boys came and picked me up later on, and that's. Thinking about before, perhaps you were because you would have had the handcuffs. <laughs> yeah, I, I promise I would never have done that. <laughs> oh, it was real. It was really funny for a short period of time. Oh, you know, I think it was. I reckon, you know, it was probably in the. Oh, I'm not giving something away here, but I reckon it was in the early nineties. I was, playing, I was still playing for it, and it was summer. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the one that was bouncing on through my memory there, Teddy, because I couldn't remember it. But it was it was the handcuffs that jogged my memory. I thought, 
Maybe just test and tough me. <laughs> they must have brought you a fair bit of beer if you'd forgotten it. I've got to speak to people. Like people would come in and have a chat to me before and after they went to the toilet. And um, generally I got to hear what, I could hear what they were doing. And well, you must have been handcuffed for a reason. Yeah, well, that's probably self-explanatory. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Those were the days. We had been to that day, myself, Matty Wilder and Tim Donnell and Gary Lockwood had been to a wedding in the afternoon, Simon and Belinda Holmes' wedding, and then after we, we left the wedding at about 9 o'clock and we went out to Bell Post Hill to Michael D. Domenico's 21st birthday party and we drank copious amounts there, and then we ended up back at Anne's. So we probably had our fair fuel by the time we were at the third. So it was, it was at 2.21st and a wedding. No, two, yeah, 2.21st and a wedding all in the one afternoon. In one day. Good grief. Wow. All right, I reckon I reckon we go to the uh, two truths and a lie, Nip. Right, I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't <laughs> handle the truth. You good man. That's one of my favourite movies ever. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a uh, special. Hey, um, all right. So we'll go. Through, I'll just go through them, Nip. Yeah. Because I actually had a pen this week and I've written them down. Yeah. Seven premierships consecutively. Yep. There was 48 goals in one of those grand finals. Yep. And she had to be gay to join the team. Now, <laughs> she's given us already the seven consecutive premierships, so we know that's true. Yeah. So it's out of the other two as to whether or not they're uh, they're true. What do you reckon? <laughs> I don't know. I'm dumb. I'm dumbfounded. I've I've got my suspicions. What's your call? I reckon she scored forty-eight goals in a in a game. Do ya? Yes. I reckon she probably has two, but maybe she scored more than forty-eight goals. Maybe she did have to be gay to join the netball team. Maybe it was part of an initiation track the uh, netball was at. <laughs> You, well, that's what they told the other. They already they told the other teams that, but she said it wasn't yeah. necessarily true. Yeah. So um, it had to be gay. He just it. wants the Drysdale girls to think that. Yeah. So hello to all the Drysdale girls who are listening yeah. from the nineties. <laughs> um. Well, Teddy, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say that I reckon 48 goals in one game is a lie. Okay. Well, no, I reckon that's true. I reckon gay to join the team is the lie. So, okay, Kath, give us the give us the spiel, and then we're going to have to go through each one. Tell us all about seven premierships. Well, seven yeah, the seven premierships was true because I've got I've actually found them in the newspaper, and we're holding up we're holding up fingers until we get to seven. You know, so we will have to do two hands for the seven. So yeah, so. That was against Drysdale. Can't really um, do that one. Yeah. In the photo, can you? In the photo. Right. And I've also got a newspaper clipping um, 
of the 48 goals, so I can prove that to you. It's in um, it's in one of those things where it says that, so I can prove that. And, no, you didn't have to be gay to join the team, so. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got it. <laughs> you didn't have to stay gay. But, you know, I was gay for about 12 <laughs> minutes one night, but then um, I got in the team anyway, so you didn't you didn't have to stay gay. <laughs> 12 minutes. 12 minutes. <laughs> God. Who can last for 12 minutes? Oh, sorry. Did I say that out loud? This could be one of the greatest book titles ever made. What's that? 12 minutes of being gay. <laughs> Well, it wouldn't matter what you said. The opposition would make it up anyway, so we just go along with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even uh, – I used to hear that around too. People would say, you know, like, it's, oh, Bowen Heads. Yeah. Oh, you're from Bowen Heads. Oh, do you know any of the netballers down there? I'd say, oh, I know a few of them. Are they all gay? Because apparently <laughs> you have to be gay to get in the team. Yeah. If you're not gay, you don't. they don't pick you. Yeah. I said – well, I know a few of them that aren't gay and they're getting picked. Yeah. Oh, no, well, they must be gay. They're, they're gay. Yeah. 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 I reckon one of, one of the greatest greatest stories I heard was that um, none of the uh, – I got asked once where my wife comes from. I said, oh, she's, a girl, she's from Wodonga. She's up in northeast of Victoria. They said, yeah, well, you never have a chance of marrying a local netballer down at Bowen Heads, would you? Because – they're all in the same sex marriage, and uh, <laughs> oh, is that is that the way it goes? Is it? But yeah, having said that, there's quite a few that are. So, and there's quite a few that aren't. But uh, that's the rumor mill, isn't it? No, my big joke was um, they said, um, "Oh, Kath's jumped the fence," and I said, "No, no, I just got my flares momentarily caught in the barbed wire." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's a great call. That's a great call. <laughs> no, they're a great bunch of girls. I absolutely love them dearly and still still talk to them all. So, yeah, best good, really good times. And it's, Fran and Kim, have, they've been together forever. You know, they've, they've all been – and Noxie and, um, you know, uh, Noxie and, and Scully's down there and Scully played for amateurs and, you know, they've got two kids now and, you know, best mates with them. But, um, yeah, you can still be best mates with them and – not yeah. sleep with them. <laughs> yeah. Yes, no, exactly right. It's, more, it's, it's um, actually more insulting when they don't try and crack on to you, to be honest. <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Well, obviously, you'd have some really special bonds with all those girls because it's when you've played in a premiership, those, those two mates become your mates for life, regardless. And right. no, for a fact, I played in three cricket premierships in a row. Those mates of mine are very special to me. And I imagine that the teammates that you had for seven premierships are, yeah, like it's just when you get together, it's just all happy days and good fun. And, you know, regardless that you do that anyway, but you've got so many special memories with all of you. So uh, that's good stuff. It's fantastic. Yeah. It was was good stuff, and it was a, you know a good time. Netball it was pretty cutthroat. It was a pretty high standard as well. So yeah, it was it was good to watch. Everyone was watching, and good time to play. 
Yeah. And it was. I mean, Bowen Heads had the ability because that as you said, you mentioned that there was quite a few girls that played state league. They grabbed their friends from state league. They brought them down and they played at Bowen Heads and it lifted the standard of netball right through the comp, didn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Actually, at that time, it was really good because GFL clubs had dragged netballers out of Ballerine for years. Yeah. Because people thought that GFL was That's the, the, the highest standard to go and play. Yeah. yeah. But there's some great players that have come out of out of Ballerine netball and, and, and fantastically, they've stuck with Ballerine netball despite their going to other high levels. Well, they'd get poached into GFL and um, and then they just realised it was just wasn't like that. It wasn't the same sort of club atmosphere, so that they'd, they'd come back, you know. Yeah, yeah. that was you, awesome. You don't you don't have to answer this question. Did you girls get paid anything at all for playing netball? Any no, never. No, no, no. It's just I, funny though I, because I mean, footy side of things, you know, you, they recruit some players and they say, yeah, you'll get, you know, we'll give you X amount of money or. You know, the better players get more money and, you know, sometimes the local kids just get a, a few dollars. But, you know, like, yeah, no. I, you know, like I remember I, I never chased money, I never asked money, but like everyone else, you get at least $30 a win, I think it was. Mick Turner would pay you in an envelope and he'd only pay you on home games and more than likely you'd get $60 because you'd have two wins over two weeks, home and away. And you would tip $60 back over the bar that night, so go straight okay. back. That was a way of recruiting. But netball, you guys just played for the love of it, be with your mates, be with oh, your friends. Yeah. I think in the later years, I think the coaches, Fran or Jeanette, might, you know, they might have got a little bit for coaching, you know, because yeah. they'd coach pretty much, you know, um, A and B. I, I think, it, you know, I think it was pretty pissy. No, that because... You know, it's it's you know, it's just just as an important fabric of the club, the netball, the football. Yeah. You know, um, um, I I know for a fact nowadays that they have netball budgets in football club, particularly in the in the GFL and one Geelong team as well, uh, one Ballerine team that they actually have a budget for netball expenses, and some of that's to pay the players. And, wow. Um, yeah. If you did have money, you, you wouldn't have the passion. So that money wasn't even a, a thing. It's yeah. you know, you do anything for money, you lose the drive anyway. I reckon. Yeah, well, you're right. Love. And is that is that true across the board for the ballerine clubs? So the the clubs you played against, Cath, uh, weren't weren't getting paid either. No, none of the girls got paid. Even if they yeah. were state league, they came down just for the, you know, they did it as a training run. I mean, with state league, I'm only talking about. You know, Jeanette and Mel Martinelli. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't come down in droves because it's still considered a little league, but it would be a training run for them. But and were there other clubs in the Ballerine where you had to be gay to be in the team? <laughs> I don't think yeah. so. Well, I got a question for you, Nipper. Yes. What did you learn tonight? Now I don't claim to be an A student, but I'm trying to be. For maybe by. Yeah, there's a bit of think music for you to come up with what you learned. I learned something today, Teddy, that perhaps one only one other person beside Kath knows about. Kath was gay for twelve minutes. 
Well, the other person probably doesn't know she was only gay for 12 minutes. Well, I've got to be oh, honest, I was, that, I, was that, I was that pissed. I actually thought it was a boy. So, um, that's. Oh, there you yeah. go. Oh. Well, we, well, we, we don't want to know any names because, yeah. <laughs> no. What did you learn, Teddy? I learned a fair bit, actually. The thing I learned was, which I didn't know, is that netball's a contact sport. Oh. I always thought it wasn't a contact sport. I and, yeah, um, cruciate ligament against Ocean Grove, um, and you know when you don't realise you do it and you want to go back on and play. Yeah, that was um, when I thought you know, and that's what I, th- I thought I want to get better. And I was back on the court within nine months to the to the day, and um, I got told to put my um, knee bandage on the opposite leg because uh, they would target the the sore leg otherwise. So that's what we used to do. So I used to play with the knee guard on the on the opposite leg. To the one I just had my ACL fixed. Wow. Yeah, so that's how that's how it was. It was. Um, how did you go? How did you pull up after the game? After the game. Yeah, you got after through it all. Came back. Yeah, no problem. No, that's did good. the rehab. Yeah. Back to playing netball in nine months. That's not bad. I was yeah. listening to a podcast today where they were interviewing Darren Buick from Eston. Who his first game back after a knee reconstruction? I don't know how kick nine goals. Yeah. Pretty good effort. Very famous game that Boris. That was the uh, that was when they played Geelong and the Geelong had those jumpers with the little stripes on them. Yes, yes. The heritage jumper, the first heritage round. Yeah, nineteen ninety six. Yes, was that was that on the Coulda Beans? He's talking to the Coulda Beans about it. Yes, yeah. The other thing I learned, and I was there and didn't know that it happened. The B-grade girls got booted off the stage in 1993. Yep. But I also learnt that that might not be true because we've only got Kath to tell us about it and she's not absolutely sure. No, no, I remember because it, it was Cal. Yeah, yeah, get off. Yeah. Yeah. And that started an 18-year <laughs> not love affair that's then started a 20-year yeah. sort of love affair where you don't live together. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, I did learn something else today, Teddy. After years and years and years and years of not particularly liking someone, cats can get one over with one Cascade premium. <laughs> i tell you what the clincher was. He put raspberry in it because he knew I liked raspberry beer back then. So, yeah. So he's known you for that long. And not liked you, but he's gone and found out what you like to drink. Yes. There's no... He probably saw me drink the 10 schooners of raspberry beforehand, so... Yeah. Oh, okay. that's, that's That's termed nowadays stalking. <laughs> yes. He stalked her for 18 years because he kept up going up to her and saying, you don't know who I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're back on to him again and we don't want to talk about him. Actually, I was, thinking about, him. I was thinking about him today and I have come to realise that he's not the most legendary Paul Kelly in Bowen Heads anymore. Is there another one? Yeah, there's another one. Pops Kelly's living in Bowen Heads and his name's Paul oh, Kelly. Oh, his cousin? Is it his yeah. cousin? Yeah. How's the cousin being called the same name? I know. And he's a river bloke, Pops is. And yeah, um, yeah. I'm just, I just thought next time I see Nancy, <laughs> I'm going to say... You're not even the best Paul Kelly in Bowen Heads. I always say, the, yeah, when he comes in and gets a coffee, I always yell out at the top of my voice, take away coffee for Paul Kelly. I go, are you that famous one? 
Are you in? You've got, um, were you the captain of Sydney Swans? And he's just like, doesn't say anything. I go, oh, it was the other Paul Kelly. Are you in a band by any chance? You yeah, shut up. I go, oh, no. I said, I'll tell you. You should throw in. Are you, you the Barnett's 1993 premiership player? <laughs> i tell you what he does hate, though. I've got um, Plugger Locket comes into my coffee van for coffee. Um, oh, and yeah. he is. He loves plugger like big time. And I said he came in, came in again today, but um, he's lost like forty kilos, so he rides his bike. I was going to say he's a shadow of his former yeah. self. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Kath, thanks so much for that. I know it was uh, it was a difficult technical. Well, I probably should have uh, looked for it prior to, get... to tonight, but um, yeah, I, just, I probably should have oh, well. thought about it. <laughs> well, doesn't work. Well, doesn't work like that. Yeah. So you'll be able that's, to you'll be able to you'll be able to show Paul how to do this, and you'll be able to talk to him at night now. <laughs> so it's been great. You've told us some fantastic stories, as as we just said, we learned a fair bit. Yeah, you uh, you obviously were. You can edit out the gay part if you want to. That won't bother me. Um, we'll, we'll see. I'll see how it sounds. Anyway, you, you, you did a great you did a great job getting getting yourself uh, into the place uh, with the into Zoom. Um, you've given us some fantastic stories, a great insight into into netball that um, a few and as I said, Nipper and I learned a fair bit about about netball and the um, brutality and the competitiveness of it. Not to say that we didn't realise it was competitive, but um, that the level that the girls go to and the, the sledging that goes on um, and, and even the fact that they'll target your, your what they think your crook knee to try and hurt you. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, it's not something that I realised. I thought it was a it was a ladies' game. The only person yeah. I was scared um, of um, playing against um, as a defender was Sarah Clark at training. Because I'd always be on her. She was one of the toughest I've ever played on in my life. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah she was a ripper. Yeah, all good fun. Thanks, guys. Hey, before, yeah, no you, before you go, Kat. very much. Yes. What's the name of your coffee business? It's very original. It's called KK Coffee Cart. <laughs> right, hey. KK. And, and, and whereabouts is it? It's in Chindra, on the Chindra River. It's just down from Coolangatta. It's on a, on a river. It's it's beautiful and it's um yeah it's pretty popular and it's um it goes really well. So I work there. So, it, so is it is it in New South Wales? Yeah, just northern New South Wales. Okay, yeah. So yeah. what's is that just down Tweed Heads or something? Tweed Heads, just down from Tweed Heads. Yeah, right, Kings good. Yeah. So the states a red zone, Russell. Yeah, I know. So um. If you're up, you don't want to give our listeners, and we've got listeners all over the world, but alone all over Australia. If you're up the Gold Coast and you can cross the border, get down to KK Coffee Cart and get a coffee and tell them Nipper sent you. Oh, awesome. And you get looked if after. Say, if they say Nipper sent them, I'll give them a free one. There you go. Yep. And if you're lucky, and if you're lucky, you'll see Tony Lockett there. You might yep. too. And if you're not lucky, you'll see Paul Kelly there. Yeah, I'm not the Sydney hopefully footballer. It's, hopefully it's the one that sings. <laughs> Paul Kelly will be the one delivering the um, clean tea towels that he washes for me. Oh, good on him. 
What's he? Double. What's he do? Put him in the on the back of his bike and ride him across from Mount Isa, does he? <laughs> no, when he's when he's home on the weekend, he does all my washing for me. <laughs> oh, good on you. Yeah. God love him. Yes. Let's go. Hey, it's been fantastic chatting, Kath. Thanks, guys. Really good. Right on, nip up. Take us out with your traditional farewell. Don't forget the end bit. Don't forget it. Don't forget the start. Don't forget the start. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, pick up your ass, pick up your glass, stop your talking and start your walking. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. (laughs) Cheerio. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Kath. Thanks, Thanks, Nipper. Well done. We'll see you all later. Clearly, Kath had a lot of fun playing netball in a golden age for the club. She holds many fond memories and has made many enduring friendships. It was a bit of a technical challenge for Kath to connect to the Zoom session, but she got there and Nipper was a huge help in getting it sorted. Thanks again to Kath for her time, to Nipper for connecting us with Kath, and to you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And time is called and we must piss off.